You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Welcome to Quantum Leap Book Club. During the next hour, beloved mind scientist Parisha and her guests from around the world will read and discuss various best-selling books with well-known authors. Every show will apply retention techniques designed to help you to absorb powerful knowledge to effectively change your life. Join us every week for a thought-provoking hour and re-listen as often as you can. You will be delighted by what you learn and you will be excited by the results. Are you ready to take the quantum leap? Here's Parisha. Greetings. This is Quantum Leap Book Club. This is Parisha, your host, and my co-hosts are with us tonight. And that would be Joyce Mullenhauer in Arizona. That would be Trina Cooper. Actually, somewhere, I think it's in Broomville, but anyway, somewhere around Denver. Okay, we have Rosemary Heyer in Frankfurt, Germany. We have Mike Delar in Montreal, Canada. We also have Geraldine Dalby-Ball in Sydney, Australia. And we have Marianne Love in Melbourne, Australia. And right now, I think I'm, I don't know where I'm at. I think somewhere between the moon and the sun. <laughs> just, just play it. Okay. So have I missed anybody or all the co-hosts here? Okay. Everybody's nodding. Okay, great. All right. So when we're beginning our book, we're all, I'm having a sense of deja vu. I don't know what my co-hosts, we haven't communicated yet today on anything, but every time I look at this book, it's like I have deja vu. I think we were the first readers of this book way back when it came out. What I love about it, and tonight we're actually going to discuss just the introduction so that the co-hosts and I actually still have time to share some of our own experiences and our interactions with Dr. Dispenza and the many opportunities that we've seen for healing through his work and through his particular organization. There are points where when I look at this, okay, I've, I've had to deal with religions all my life, okay? When I'm talking to you here, I'm working on my 81st year in life of the seasons, right? And at least, I would say, 70-something of them have been experiencing roles as teachers very early on, having to work with other children and so forth, but always in the healing modalities and, of course, working with human conditions. So when we look at this book and the other books that have actually been written in the last maybe, let's consider, 20, 25 years, we have seen a change because there was such uh, depression, such uh, control, such suppression that we had in trying to help people have the state of consciousness that actually says we can heal ourselves. And it was when quantum physics actually become more public. I started teaching quantum physics better than 60 years ago, and nobody seemed to know anything about it. And many actually thought I was out of my tree completely, okay? And like today, it's become a common household word. So it's a, the times have changed. And Joe kind of entered in and come in on the scene just as when it was pretty much in its peak. We have so many wonderful supporting authors and doctors and scientists and others who have participated in helping this become the common word that it is today, quantum physics. It's liberated us from the ignorance of religious suppression. It has liberated us from medical suppression. It has liberated us in every essence 
of the word ignorance, okay? It now has put us in a place to where we have control. And that's not comfortable. Well, I know when I hang around with the kind of people I hang around, we're, we're, this is nature for us. This is common. This is natural to us. This is everything of that. But as I go around the world, and I don't always teach to what I would consider my major interest, which is spirituality, as well as healing and, and a lot of other particular out there things. And I realized the majority of our humanity is still in the ignorance of that. And yet when we discuss this book with you and we'll, we'll be discussing it in depth with experiences and sharing a lot of whatever we've experienced with it, I realize that it sounds almost commonplace and it's not. It's so important and the reason I would have willingly with all my heart go back and go through this book again on this show is because there are still so many questions and there are still so many non-believers. And in order for us to understand that, I think that Dr. Dispenza has done an excellent job to put this in lay people's terms, meaning everyday language that can be understood. There will be places in our book where he gets very much into the sciences, but even that he has made digestible to the common mind. And when I say common, this is not belittling anybody. I mean the everyday kind of English and discussions that we have as humanity. Some have other interests. You may have, you know, you may be a designer. Some of you actually may be a pharmacist. You know, some of you may be an engineer. You may be, maybe, maybe, and a whole lot of babies out there. But the point is, this language has to be one that you seek. It doesn't just show up on the best reader list. It isn't one that's the top romance for the month. So it is, and it has to be one that you go seek and, and you're attracted to. In some of the surveys we run, most of the people who are attracted to these sort of books, okay, and there are more, and there are definitely other authors, are people who are sick, people who are dealing with a life-threatening situation. And it is that Joe kind of stands out from the others when it comes to this. There are a few in the early, especially the early 25 years ago, there were some doctors that were speaking from experience and some scientists measuring from their own survival, how they had survived. Joe had a, a choice to be crippled for the rest of his life or to get up and heal himself. And he did. So that gives him a lot of credibility to me. And I think to my co-host, at least, we discussed that with a lot of respect. And we also know what it took there Definitely, this was not a cakewalk, and it was not easy, and neither is the consciousness that we're talking about. Acquiring the consciousness says you have to stop being what you used to be or are. Not easy. Think about the habits that you have. How hard are they? You want to lose 15 pounds, maybe. Okay, go ahead. Tell me how easy that is. I don't care what the sales market out there saying, anything that you've gotten still doesn't do the job until you stop eating. Just practical. Just stop eating stuff. Okay. Say so you want to stop smoking. Okay. Really, until you decide you're through with the cigarettes, nothing really works permanently. The patches, the hypnosis or whatever isn't going to work until the brain says stop. Okay. 
So we could go through addictions where, especially the medical addictions you have from prescriptions and stuff that have been given to you to actually help your health. They don't. You become addicted to them and then that becomes whatever life is. So when we look at that, we, we still are not dealing with what we're looking at here. This isn't talking about potions and it's not talking about, you know, chemicals. It's not talking about anything. It's talking about us, body, anatomy, physiology, chemistry, biology, so, 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 so. Us, that we are the cure, that in us is the cure. Now, let's talk about how Joe deals with in this book, actually, the invasion of particular things in our body. Joe's particular situation was an accident. So it was impact, what the impact had on his body, okay? And so he had to deal with an outside force. It's a different kind of healing, okay? Because that healing is an invasion of a force. The other particular fatalities of disease, be it cancer, be it MS, be it some of the really horrendous impacts on human life, we let that in through emotional chemistry. We have let the varmint in. We let it in. I'm going to say that again. We let it in. Cancer is based on unhappiness. We can prove that in so many laboratories. So we have people who walk around smiling and look like they're in the best of moods. I've personally had experience with three people in life with me in different businesses that if you just took their daily action, you would believe they live in some fairy tale world where everything is just roses and beautiful, beautiful. Okay. And yet every one of them suffered cancer. And so we're not talking about pretentious attitudes of happiness. We're talking, talking about getting deep and going in and talking and bringing out the things that are not comfortable to talk about. So I endorse definitely that psychotherapy is definitely one of the first steps we must take in changing and becoming what we want to be in life. And I want to add to that as far as I'm concerned and what my experience has taught me, also what you were born to be. Purpose. Actually, mission of what your life is. And we can't do that trying to just work with books. We can't do that trying to just do the remedies and push our body or mind. You cannot be honest with yourself when you have lied to yourself all your life. You cannot face the truths that are there every day when you have now become totally immune to the way you deal with them. You cannot change by beginning a particular program of practicing, exercising, reciting, chanting, or anything, some horrendous childhood situation that has molded everything in your life so far. Joe goes as much as to share in his book that around by the time we're 35 years old, we're, we're pretty fixed. That means we're hardwired, meaning the mind has already totally embedded and, in, and jaded itself. It means that it, there's no more consciousness as to what is real and what isn't and what is pretentious and what is what is, okay? You cannot do that alone. 
So getting people who you can talk to, you know, be it licensed counselors or new age counselors or, you know, health, maybe it might be your nutritionist or somebody, you really do have to get a, a pilot in there with you. That pilot helps take you to places where you won't go on your own. That pilot, like there are different practices like rebirthing and other particular, uh, there's books out that'll teach you how to go through different uh, particular activities that start supposed to be boiling and bring it up. You still can't do it by yourself. You still have to have some in there that hear you. And it works very well in communities because I visited them and I've seen the proof of it. In communities, we're transparent to each other. We really know each other's capabilities. We really know what we have learned and what others have taught us of themselves. So it's really impossible to live a liar pretentious in community. Same in families. So actually someone in your family trying to help you do this, forget it. Go out and find that stranger that you can actually BS for a while and tell them all of your pretentious realities. Because, see, they're skilled enough to watch your stories and actually determine what of them are the reality and what of them are your illusions. And every good licensed therapy knows that in the beginning, their patient lies to them. So they have to be open to hear the first version and then continue to ask and probe until they finally get around some of the fronts and find out what's behind it. So you need someone. And as we're reading this book and Joe begins to talk about it, yes, I want to say to you with all my heart, get the book, follow along with us. We're going to work with that. But I also want to prepare my co-host that I plan on you becoming some of these counselors that I'm talking about. I want you to share your stories of whatever and whoever you've interacted with, with some of these particulars. And Joe is, does not have any particular corner on a lot of what he has this book. There are far, far many more doing it as well. It's just that we each have a certain way we can receive teachings. And one teacher is not for everybody. Joe has an affinity for me and my co-host that we have for him. So it's easy for us to listen to him. It's easy for him to touch our heart. May not be for you. That doesn't mean this doesn't work. This means go find somebody else saying the same thing and have your affinity with them. But if you take some of the suggestions, especially when he gets into the book, as we're doing uh, the introduction, we we're going to we're going to capture some of his comments. Like right away, he says, go beyond knowing, no knowing how. Okay, no knowing how is where I'm starting right now. You don't know how. And to say to just take this book and think you've changed anything, get over yourself. That's not true. If all you have done in your life, and I'm talking to my co-hosts and anybody else that's out there has been around with me 20, 30 years. If you've only taken this book to yourself, you haven't done anything yet. You have to go where somebody's going to point out to you the blank truths that you're afraid of because they're the ones you cannot get rid of all by yourself. And they will be hurtful. I even allow the ones that I work with, I tell them straight up, you'll hate me or love me. And at this point, that isn't the problem. I'm, I'm making a covenant to take you where you asked me to take you. 
We can do this easy. We can do it hard. We can do it with you loving. You can hate me. You can even walk away and talk bad about me. But here's the thing. I will ask that question and I will push those buttons and I will have you see what it is that you have to change. And so with that, I'm saying we're, when we're going through the book, I'm telling my co-hosts along with you listeners, that's where we're going to go here. We're actually going to use some of this to actually start asking you some of those questions and actually hoping that you will share with us your feelings on it. And, I, and again, I don't care if you're angry. Go ahead. Let me know how angry you are or even let me know how much you don't agree. But the point is, this book is a suggestion of you doing as much of this on your own and starting. Find yourself a coach. Definitely, if you want to find the new you, you get yourself a coach. Okay. And so with that, I'm going to let my co-hosts begin and sharing some of where they're at with the introduction. But like I said, please understand, 25 years ago, some of this started weeding in. And today, today, as many people, I have seen thousands of what you would call miracle. Because people have taken it on their own to look for when did they let the stranger in? When did they have the particular fertile part of their life, whatever was happening, that they allowed the disease to start? And when we can actually look and find those things, we have nothing for it to feed on. We have nothing but then the antibodies of our own body begin to totally remove the threat. And we don't want to wait on that. And, and today there are so many healing modalities. What I spend most of my time with now is tech med, which is actually technology, finding cures and ways to deal with all of this. So again, we've taken our ability, our wonderful mental intelligence, and put it into technology to come back to us and heal. I mean, it's extraordinary. The point is, you already have that tech in you. It's in every atom, every cell of you. And that's what you want to turn on. That's what you want to get to. And that's what you want to let bring you into the wholeness of life. And you must want to live. You must truly have a drive in life that is stronger than the death wish that you all have. We're born with it. It's us denying death that has allowed us to become so much a threat with it. Now we have to look into it and understand it. So as we do that, hang with us tight. It'll probably take us a little longer to get through this book than I prefer. I like to only keep it to a month, three weeks to a month. But we're going to work with this as long as you give us feedback that you're making some progress with us. Meanwhile, like I said, it's all based on love and love is the calling and the answer of what we do as far as doing our service and our particular teaching. So hang in there and give us what you got. Show us what you want and we will help as much as we can. I'm going to start this week with actually, we're going to let Geraldine Dalby Ball actually bring her particular perspective on the introduction in today. Geraldine, you there in Sydney? Loud and clear hearing you. Yes. Beautiful. I love the art behind you. If you're not with us on uh, Zoom, 
She's got a beautiful wall hanging, an Australian wall hanging behind her that represents the stars and many pathways, as well as the inner inner blessing of the mother herself. Very beautiful. Um, absolutely. And I, uh, I appreciate the people who their original area is around Kempsey on the north coast of New South Wales. You could look that up. And uh, it's, a, it's a powerful piece. Yes. And as we are a powerful piece, that's a big part of what the introduction says and what we've just heard there with Grandmother Parisha as well, so much comes back to, you can go all through the technology and all through everything else and we come back to our mind, our mind, our thoughts, our feeling, our emanation. And the introduction gives us the flavour that this is going to be potentially a bumpy ride for, for a number of reasons. And one like we've heard, we can become addicted to things. So there's a real strong look here, though, that also lets us see that as we break something down in ourselves, have a look, it's also breaking down in the, the bigger sphere. So uh, Joe shares how we can become addicted to something. That becomes our program. That becomes our conditioning. Uh, to move away from it is uncomfortable. To move away from it, we go to the unknowing. But also look outside there. I mean, this book wasn't written right now but it still applies in that he says the systems are breaking down whether they be religious systems government systems education systems there's a whole lot of things on the table being questioned now so we are in an area of this transition this flux we might as well put everything in flux while we're working on it so yes we could say it was the genes that was defining something or we can say we have a whole biochemistry and that biochemistry has addictions those addictions then shape our ways of viewing and as grandmother Parrish just said sometimes you need another person to have a look and let you know what they're seeing or ask you a question and a quick comment with the you know having a, a coach or a pilot as well to have a look at the information in this book Talk to some other people as well. Just check that your pilot is not one that keeps you repeating, 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 um, you know, the, the stories that actually do not serve you. So that's a, that's a key thing there too with the pilot. And this is one where sharing about self, when I looked at this and I looked at what's different and I just recalled when, when Grandmother Parisha mentioned that, you know, even that cancer is from a, a thought process. I remember saying that to my mum when she had cancer and I had the book and it was quite new and we went through the cancer process and the book at the same time and I know I had some anger there about why doesn't mum just change her mind and her big sticking point for me is that she would say, well, how does a baby have cancer? They didn't know to come in suffering. They didn't try and have a hard time. And through that, I've allowed a settling that says it's not that cancer is good or bad. It's not that being born with or without arms is good or bad, that everything has, everyone has a purpose. And through someone coming in with a particular state, then there are purposes and lessons that are for all the people in that person's sphere. I've seen some people with young children with cancer and they say, it's the biggest life changer for them that they've ever had in a positive way. So without looking at what's good or bad, but seeing that we have this ability to choose 
so that we're then in control. So that's what I've been looking at. How do I choose? And as the introduction says, if you don't like what you're experiencing in your life, like sometimes I'll feel, why am I so busy? Why are there so many jobs? Why isn't it complete? Why do I get the tricky jobs? And then I've got to look at that and go, well, that's because a lot of your mental focus is on a busyness. So you're bringing more busyness. And then I've got to look behind that and say, what is that serving me? Is it that I need recognition that I can handle hard things? That's where it starts to get interesting and that's where you ask another person. Let someone else say, okay, has this happened before? And allow you to then listen listen to it, let it sit there and then see, hey, this could be something I'm addicted to. So I'll uh, complete there for the moment and put it back to the discussion. I'd like to at least add to some of what you were saying as far as how, how do we explain cancer with the babies? Well, the baby lives as a mother for nine months in the, within the womb. If she is deeply unhappy, that would definitely be where the seed starts with that. Okay, still comes back. And most recently, I shared on Facebook and a lot of other social media that scientists is now actually being willing to look at the fact that the child still lives within the mother, that uh, we actually have cells of our mother still in our bodies throughout our whole life, and that the mother still has cells of the baby inside her body, so that each one of our children are still serially represented in our body, uh, definitely the, the whole and, and physical part of our body. So when we look at how that connection is and the miracle of some of the infant healings that's been going on is go back into the womb with the baby and the mother and start actually looking at some of the emotional stuff. As the mother begins to deal with where she was at or even prior to conception and how she went through the whole pregnancy, things begin to change for the baby, which at some points are not even what we would consider old enough to be coherent with what's going on. So we, we definitely have the ability now to look into consciousness and realize, though we think it's invisible, it is very active and it is very much a part of the reality of what we are as life. So I think those were all very powerful points. And thank you very much for that, Geraldine. Okay, and then we want to go now to Trina, okay? And out there in Colorado somewhere, you are Broomville. Today, it's a very hot day, unlike the cold day that we had just the other day. So, yep, we're in spring, (laughs) always changing. And this, um, it kind of leads into this book because to me, this and the introduction is really um, the beginning of a journey to create the you and the life that you really want to, that you really want to have, that you really imagine. And the very first thing that jumped out at me was the fact that I'm a habit. Everybody is a habit. And I thought, what is, what is that? What is a habit? And it, it really is something that you've done over and over again until it just becomes an innate part of you. And when I thought about that and, and thought about all the experiences, the things I've been taught, the things that people have said to me, um, things I've repeated over and over again in my head, which created a certain unconscious response in me that I sometimes you can't even get to the bottom of it. 
um, and you don't understand why it's there. And this book helps you step through those pieces because if you don't like pieces about yourself or your life or whatever, this is an open invitation to learn something new that's going to create a new you and create, and a new you is going to create a new life. So I think this is um, to, to go at this book very open-minded and to see it as an invitation to take a journey to create something new makes it extremely exciting. And yes, maybe there will be some challenges or, or little rough spots you have to get through because your body, your body chemistry and everything is not going to want to let go of some things easily, but you need to know that you can. And that's what's so exciting about this because as a program, you can reprogram. And so you can take the time to move and change and shift your thoughts and your behaviors, which then again will help create the life that you that you would really love to have. So changing my mind really is changing my life. He says that in there, change your mind and change your life. It's exactly the way it works. And applying something new, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over and expect something different. So this book gives you the tools and things that you can step through in a series of learnings and experiences to actually begin to create this newness for you. But you need to be able to be open to break out of the boxes that you've created. And it helps if you can identify some of those things that you wanna work on. But another piece that came up was, I really love the idea of change as a choice instead of a reaction to something. Um, he's telling us that we can change, we can decide we wanna change. We don't have to keep going the same way. We can choose to do it, which really makes it exciting. And it's very, very, very um, powerful. It's very powerful as a change is a choice. And if you don't like something about it, change it. That's really what we're talking about here. So my left brain, my logical, I need to know the science kind of stuff. Love the fact that he taught this is the science. This is that we're connected to everything. That's very, very important. And when I realized what it brought was a realization to me that I am connected to everything, that science is showing us now that we're connected to everything. And another point that jumped out at me was the fact that we innately use our thoughts and our feelings to create our lives already. So if we innately do it unconsciously, how powerful can we be if we consciously can step in and make a decision and the way we're going to think and the way we're going to behave and we repattern the brain. So some of the, the pieces that he brings to us is the science, is the change. And then he steps us into a place of using meditation and the power of meditation in order to bring these changes about. And that definitely made me feel like um, I can do, I can create, and then I can be exactly who I wanna be. So being a creator to me is, is much more appealing than being a victim. And that is a choice. Change is a choice. And that's something um, that really has empowered me, that's really made me, um, 
work hard in my life. And this book has definitely contributed to so much of that because this has brought forth the empowerment. If you go through and you begin to learn all of these things, and then you apply them in your life, you're going to create those new neural nets and you're going to create new ways of taking charge of your life and even just manifesting. So those are some of the things that came out of this introduction for me. Wonderful. And I agree with everyone. You definitely pointed up some of the more powerful uh, results. We're going to go to Rosemary Heyer now in Frankfurt, Germany. Yeah, thank you. Um, Well, uh, to go back to that book, The Third Time in My Life, is really interesting because I could understand much more and had a deeper understanding. So in a way for me, it felt good to see that there has been some expansion And of course, I love all the science uh, he's using and the explaining of the body and the brain and the cells and especially the quantum physics. That was just food for my mind. And but it, it is very empowering to have that knowledge. And I come from a time when I began to look at myself and advance where we were writing affirmations and thought that if we could keep positive thoughts in our mind, uh, we could change things. And there's nothing wrong about having positive thoughts. But uh, I never ex- came to the lasting changes, nor did I be, was able to move beyond my resistance to change. And I think Dr. Joe really did that and other things too. But his book was really a, a big opening for me. And he's actually giving us access to the, our operation system, our unconsciousness, which was always the one which helps really the program. And, and just recently, I got into uh, some new things, not so new, but I, they're just discussing it more now, which is that the nervous system is much more than just uh, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. But there's also something called the vagus nerve. And um, that is really very empowering to see how it is advancing that the nervous system, our unconsciousness is really running the programs and how we can access that. And that's what he shares. And and um, this book has been published exactly 10 years ago. And um, I'm so familiar in some way with the knowledge that it's hard for me to really talk about it, uh, maybe as an introduction. Uh, and you can easily get into the lingo. But I'd like to point out that, that really there has been a tremendous change in these 10 years. And, and it's kind of positive and exciting. Uh, there's a huge worldwide community around Dr. Joe's teaching, hundreds and thousands of people. I at one time event, uh, 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 attended an event, an online event with 200,000 people from all over the world. So the technology makes it possible for people to connect. And I've been in a, I'm in a German book club regarding Dr. Joe's work. And I'm also uh, in a meditation group coming out of Mexico. I meet people from Thailand and Mexico. And there's a large weekend event I sometimes attended to where pretty much uh, there were people from every country of the world. So I think there's something moving beyond than just what Dr. Joe shares, and that is that we're coming together as community. And um, one of the things which I, I really uh, like about uh, what he's sharing in the introduction is also that we are needing to uh, change our state of being. And uh, I realized that I have the knowledge in some way, and I'm not perfect of it, of course, but to change the state of being, to become the new true self, 
uh, and to practice that on a daily basis, to practice actually the idea that everything is energy. I mean, that is really, if you practice that every day, you can change your life. And for me, this time, this round, the fourth time is really uh, about that. I want to just practice it every day because I have really now in my time of life, the desire to really be, live my purpose and to become really what I am came for 100%. And uh, also the other idea which I find important is that um, if you feel like a little bit dragged down, and I remember that he likes to be repetitive and I had a hard time with that, but he is really going in details about the knowledge as shared before of biochemistry, of how the brain and neuron works, how the cell works, the bodily addictions and so on. It is important to digest that knowledge because it builds new neural networks in your brain around that knowledge regarding quantum physics, regarding uh, brain, brain working and so on. And so then you are actually prepared to overcome maybe some resistance or some more challenging times or days you have doing the practices which are described in the, in the last part of the book. And um, the other idea, uh, which I think is really important, what grandmother has said on another occasion when we were re reading the books of Dr. Wolf, uh, uh, a theoretical physicist, uh, that this book is basically focusing on the imaginal realm. And that is really the key, I think, of our present um, way of the transformation as humans, that we are moving away from the outer reality, the environment, and using our power and who we are and that we are energy and that we are able to focus on the imaginal realm to change not only our own life, but the whole life on the planet. And I think uh, that is what this book is introducing you to, to work with visualization, to work on the imaginal realm, to change yourself and maybe also the environment. So, um, uh, and... Uh, I want to say at the end that it is important. Very good, Rosemary. Thank we'll you. Cut, we're cutting now. Deb, you'll cut that. Okay, and now we're going to uh, move on to Joyce Mullenhauer, who's in Arizona. Joyce, are you there? I sure am. I don't know where my... Here we go. Okay, yes, uh, this particular introduction, it, uh, I could compare to if I was taking a journey to a totally different country, he outlines like a tour guide would where he's going to take us on the journey of this book. And he sets out a model for us of our own possibilities to transform personally. He, he definitely combines science and wisdom. And I don't think too many of us, or I have to speak for myself, I had never envisioned myself to be both a scientist and a mystic. Well, he's helping us to recognize we can be both of those roles. And those roles take us to a very important place of being able to change. So my own experience with changing, I'd have to use my personal example with being participating in this book club and radio show. Initially, I, I look back at it and I recognize I created all kinds of obstacles so that I couldn't be on the show. One day I couldn't find my book. 
So therefore I couldn't be on the show. Another time I got laryngitis. So I obviously couldn't participate. So it, it has given me a chance in reading this introduction to realize I have made some changes because of the studies I have done with this book. Now, some of my goals now are a lot bigger than they were. And I believe in the possibility of those goals. The, to be thinking outside the box was not something in the past that I would have said, boy, that's an exciting thing to do. Now, I deliberately want to think out of the box. I recognize that is where I can change my thoughts and my feelings and my beliefs by actually experiencing something very different from what I've done in the past. I, I love, I, I guess I'm a kind of a poet at heart because I loved his wording about comparing this journey to putting on a new garment or discovering a new lung, a different and a new landscape. Those visuals really help me to get in touch with what's inside my own feelings and mind and what I want to achieve in this time round in this lovely book called with, with Dr. Joe, Letting Go and Changing Myself. So that's kind of the a summary of the most key things that I got out of this introduction because I recognize for any reader exposed to this book, they can definitely get an idea before they even get into the first chapter of what they can gain in this wonderful book. Very, very good. And I agree with you totally. I believe the book is a very good base to work from. So we'll move on now to Marianne Love in uh, Melbourne, Eric. Definitely Australia. I was getting ready to say you're in Melbourne, Arizona. <laughs> I'd love to be in Arizona right now. <laughs> anyway, right. I am in Melbourne, Australia. Um, yeah, so just on the back of what Joyce is saying, like it's it's been very powerful, this book. I've given it to a lot of clients to use and some have really run with it and applied the tools. Like that's been the key. The, the clients that have applied the tools have seen like, to me, on the outside and to them, it like is almost miraculous. Someone knowing them would go, God, that's a miraculous change. Like people that have been, say, flat on the couch with chronic fatigue and really complicated health conditions um, combined with, say, trauma and PTSD, to turn their life around to become like um, winning championships at Toastmasters, being able to have as much energy as they need to get on with the day, to become financially free because they focused and they just simply, honestly, all they did was apply the tools literally in this book because it's the book I gave them, the reference I gave them. They didn't turn up to any workshops or anything, just applied the tools in the book and did therapy. And like I think what grandmother was saying is that just simply by having someone just be that bit ahead of you and help you overcome, um, I guess, the veils that leave you unconscious, like help you see through your own nervous system and your own unconscious programming so that you can bring it to light and then do the rescripting around it just means that you propel yourself so much faster. I mean, the, one of the people I'm thinking of that just did the extreme shift in this he did things like he changed his name 
I'm not saying that everyone needs to go change their name, but he really embodied this idea, I'm a new me, and the new me holds this other name. Great. And he couldn't get off the couch, but in his mind, he was winning tennis competitions. All he could see was he could hit that tennis ball and he could play and he could win competitions. So he got himself a trophy. And so he literally got a trophy made up with his name on it. He saw it on the show. He saw he visualised every day he was winning that tennis competition, you know, and then, you know, like and now he can play as much tennis as he wants. He, he did it for Toastmasters. He wanted to see himself public speaking, so he was very shy, couldn't, didn't have the confidence. He's winning, he's winning trophies as an as a international public speaker and it's all simply through applying these tools. He visualised it. That's it. He reprogrammed his nervous system, visualized it, lived it. And that's just one story. I know there's many stories in these books. I've got lots of other stories, but one story of simple application of the of the tools. Not that complicated, but it's the trick is doing it. Yes, it is. And and, and you do realize then that your role in that is actually the coaching and the pilot to the truths and the hidden. Yeah. Okay, very, very good. Sometimes it would be very good for you to actually write up a paper uh, in that, uh, like a white paper in that, and actually put it on our website because I feel that's what most people miss that complain it didn't work for them or they're still having this or they're still having that is because there, there are denials in there that they are still denying and that you need that definite reflection. Wonderful with that. Okay, we're going to have Mike Delar up there in Montreal, Canada. Mike? Well, when I started to reflect on the start of this book, um, I realized one of the things that's always impressed me about Dr. Joe is how he, he likes to um, prove it with science. And, you know, the first book he wrote was very deeply ingrained in the science of what's going on in your brain and your mind. And I, I like that. that. That resonated very well with me. So I, uh, I was very impressed with that. And he, in his workshops, has people in the back and they're doing all these controlled studies. And he's really pushing the envelope um, of understanding what's going on with us into a realm that was not very well accepted before. As grandmother said, it's becoming more and more popular and more and more people are doing it. But he, he, he's very, very dedicated to it. And he really pushes in a, into getting data in areas where people didn't even want to talk about before as as Nassim Harriman says the the c word in the physics community is consciousness nobody wants to mention it or they haven't for a long time and so Dr. Joe kind of he he explored those realms and he's still doing it and that that very much impresses me as I was thinking about it though I realized there's another side to this in that we can start to get a little bit too caught up in the science and a little bit too dependent on the science and too focused on the science to the point where the science becomes like a religion. If it doesn't, you know, if you can't do the science, it doesn't work. And I realize that you've got, to, we, we also have to accept that, you know, science only knows so much. And I think right now the most advanced, um, uh, theories of science only explain about 4% of the universe. So there's a whole bunch we don't know. And, a, and, a, and, and in that case, what we have to be able to really be ready to do is not uh, say, okay, well, we can't 
can't, can't measure it, can't do it because we don't even know what the heck we're trying to measure. There's things out there that we haven't even been able to conceptualize, think about or whatever. So to not go there and say we have to prove it by science, it's nice to push the boundaries. But we also have to be, as scientists, ready to say, I haven't got a clue what's going on here, but something's happening. So let's just follow it. And to me, that's the uh, that's the the cool part about this book is that he brings you there by enticing you with the science and said, here's how it all works. And now he's going to say, OK, but now we got to go way beyond that into a whole new realm where um, there's no there's no tracks. We have to just start to allow our mind to create the world that we want to create. And and uh, and and go beyond that. So that that's kind of what hit me was the the whole. I was so focused on the science part. I almost realized I'm in matter here. As, as I'm when I'm talking about science, I'm talking about measuring things. We're in matter. You know, we all know that matter is such a small portion of it that I was kind of focusing in the wrong area, maybe. And so I just wanted thought maybe it would be worthwhile throwing that out because we get caught up in all the great science that Doctor Joe gives us. But we also have to realize, you know, that stops somewhere and we got to be ready to go way beyond that. So that was my kind of two cents. That's real good with that. I want to point out, too, that in the, the Evolving Your Brain book that Joe did, he put, put pretty much a whole chapter into explaining his own situation. What I don't feel he made emphasis of, and I know there's probably some personal stuff in there, but anyway, is the fact he had a tremendous support system around him that pushed him when he needed pushed and stuff. Like I said, I, I hear the experiences and I understand what I've watched and observed, but I know this, we need to have that reflection and that mirror. And uh, I feel so powerful in what you shared, Marianne, that actually that having that ability to have accountability is actually very, very powerful. And I encourage our listeners to pay attention to that. And the many times I've heard people complain that the book isn't all that. And then some, yeah, you're right, because there are definitely tremendous people out there, not just Dr. Dispenza. And whichever one of them, you know, becomes the oar in the water for you, please do that, okay? Uh, as we continue to go on through the book, we'll actually come back and emphasize some of the familiarity from other particular teachers and scientists and that that move along with this. Right now, what I am aware of on the personal level is my own interest in time and, in fact, the, a business that I own that's involved in actually helping technology become a, a healing modality and how easy we are doing this. It's just another confirmation to me of how powerful our brain is and how little recognition we give to that, how much we can do on our own uh, in trying to help people who last teach to see their aura and everything else. All of us have the same physical abilities. Not one is better than the other. One is just chast like when uh, Rosemary was talking about the practicing and that it is the practice that gives you the control and the pathways to use and be that superhuman being. But in that, okay, the scientists that we do have and the technology we are developing, we are healing, we are seeing extraordinary healing. We are seeing things that change 
in an instant, which we, Dr. Wolf has made that point over and over again. It can happen in the stamp of the fingers. It can happen that fast. Yes. Providing that we have cultivated the brain to accept that. I've watched people talk themselves out of healing. I have seen the healing proof. I've seen the tests. I've seen the x-rays. I've seen the truth of it. Only to watch them give them two, three weeks, and it's all back. And, of course, to them, it was a phony or hysterical healing. Okay, so you then again still have to come to the mind. And the breaking the habit of being yourself is exactly the title where Joe puts the emphasis in this book and one that I promote for that reason is you have to begin to really allow yourself to see what your mind is doing and being aware of how unconscious you are of how you allow those effects to be how you live and what you have in life. And that will be the focus. We want to look at that. So I appreciate all my co-hosts coming in this week with actually definitely some exciting reflections on the introductory. We will be starting the first chapter next week. We will go through chapter one and two. So if you have your book, it would be great for you to read ahead and be prepared for some of the conversations we'll put in. So we will be covering chapters one and two next Wednesday. Meanwhile, if you've got your book, get into it and start looking and highlighting particular things that jump off the paper to you, okay? And be very, very willing to share all of your stuff with us on our site. Again, the particular places that you're sending your responses to me are some personal media out there. Please look on our website. Please look on, I don't even know if it is a website. It might be just some other particular I forget what all they call the things, okay? But wherever you're looking for uh, our radio network, okay, which is definitely there, please respond on there as well because we have our producer and the people at Law of Attraction Network that's actually looking to see some of your responses. And I can tell you that my co-hosts love to find out what you're saying and get your feedback. So go on our Facebook, talk to us, okay? Let us know how you're going along with this. And definitely, we're more than willing to share enough with you on little articles and little text messages back and forth with you. So come on in, make it happen. Meanwhile, you have a wonderful week and you live life fully by knowing who you are, where you are, and where do you want to go? OCO. Thank you for listening to Quantum Leap Book Club. For more information where you can contact us, go to LOARadioNetwork.com forward slash quantum hyphen leap. Have a great week.